Operation Confidence proudly presents American Divisible Heroes Talk Radio Show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Consuelo Mackey, co-host, Air Force veteran Matt Davidson, announcers Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment segment host, Charles Whitehead, U.S. Army veteran and strategies for host segment host, Dr. Kathy Cash, U.S. Army veteran and lifeline for women veterans segment host, Martha Elena Varela, National Director of Faith Services, Chaplain, and Veterans in Recovery segment host, Anthony Akinfora, and U.S. Air Force veteran and incarcerated to success segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. America's invisible hero. Invisible hero. Operation Confidence is a grassroots nonprofit. The organization's mission is to provide stable housing for veterans who have experienced homelessness, as well as providing a wide range of supportive services. To help accomplish our goal, a successful landowner has donated land for the project, a world-renowned architect has offered to design the houses, and construction classes from the local community colleges will take part in building the houses. Your support and donations are needed. To get involved, please visit our website at www.operationconfidence.org or email in at operationconfidence.com. Okay, well, welcome everyone, and thank you for tuning in to America's Invisible Heroes, a show that is dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, Executive Director of a grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. I'm not a veteran but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially those who have experienced homelessness and have a disability. For those who are new to the show, American Invisible Heroes was established to provide a platform for our veterans to be able to share their stories, heartfelt experiences, resources, and challenges. Now, before we go on with the show, I want to say one thing. I know this is from all of us. uh, Operation Common Invisible Heroes, that our hearts goes out to everyone suffering in Israel. We're so sorry. And God is with all with you all. Okay, American Invisible Heroes talk radio show has a new format. Each week, the show will highlight a co-host, and the co-host is welcome to bring on a guest. So now I'm going to let Taylor Marcella take over, and she's going to introduce our co-host for today. Take it away, Taylor. You got it, Connie. We have U.S. Army Reserve veteran Charles Whitehead, who is a board member and host segment of entertainment. And last but not least, we have Anne Monahue and her segment, The Rosie's Movement. Tell us about Anne. We hooped y'all. <laughs> Hold on, I'm having technical difficulties again. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I can do it. 
Here, now let me work on this. I don't know why this is happening, but you have it, man. And Montague. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And Montague. Me? Okay. Um, is a darter of a rosy and is about pulling about people pulling together to do high quality work for freedom through her West Virginia based nonprofit and captured some of the stories of the estimated 6 million women referred to collectively as Rosie the Riveter. They served important roles on the home front during men's work or doing men's work needed for the war effort from 1941 to 1945. Had it not been for women, we might very well have lost World War II. Um, Iowa or Iwo Jima survivor once flatly towed Anne Montague. And they, and a fascinating piece of history has basically been ignored. Anne Montague is out of, is out to change that. With a group of surviving West Virginia Rosies, um, as Montague calls them, she produced a documentary film titled, We Pull Together, Rosie the Riveters Then and Now, about their time during the war and being pioneers in the workforce. Montague and the women also designed and raised funds for Rosie the Riveter Park, um, which opened in May in Charleston, West Virginia, suburb of St. Albans. She hopes the projects will serve as an example for other communities to locate and collaborate with Rosie's on meaningful projects of their choice, be it making quilts, hosting classroom presentations, or designing monuments. Time is of the essence, though. Anne notes, for years, Anne has attempted to track down Rosie's. She caught a break when the Charleston Gazette published a full-page color ad seeking Rosie's to tell their stories. The ad ran on March 29, 2009, a date etched in her memory. They put my mom's picture in the ad, she says. Jessie Jacobs, or Rosie herself, worked in an optics factory that created such items as periscopes for ships. She died at the age of 63 without my asking what she had done exactly. That inspired Anne to start the project. She says, I started crying when I saw the ad. She became a pinup for the project. The ad eventually helped Montague identify and interview 170 Rosies in her home state, some of whom were, late, were later interviewed by the Today Show. One of the Rosies told Anne that for months she didn't see sunlight for six days a week while inspecting airplane parts in Cincinnati. She arrived before sunup and left at sundown with only half a day off on Sunday before returning to her job. It was important for them to do the best job they could do. What they were doing was saving lives, Monahue says. And had coordinated events with the Rosies and veterans who over or who served overseas. Often the men will open up and say, you know, I never really thought about where the airplanes came from before expressing their gratitude. It feels like everything I've done in my life has been leading up to do this, says Montague, who went on from UNC to work for ABC TV in Denver and earned a master's degree at Harvard before becoming a market research consultant. These women are part of the fuller story of World War II, and they pioneered the women's movement a generation later. They taught their daughters to be independent and get an education. 
now they are showing what 90 years old or what what 90 year and older women can do with good support and guidance. The Rosies created this Rosie or the Rosies created this Rosie the Riveter Park with the help of many people. Rosies used the location and helped to create the design, raise funds, and help to hold the grand opening on Memorial Day. For more information, visit Monahue's nonprofit at www.thanksplainandsimple.org. Again, www.thanksplainandsimple.org. Okay. I'll, I'll take it here. Um, Anne's returning guest is our sweet June Robin. June started in 1926 in poverty during the Great Depression, and she often had to move in with various relatives. She did well in school, was editor of her high school paper, and met her husband-to-be, Melvin Robbins, when she was 15 and he was 17. She convinced a drafting teacher to accept her as the first and only girl in the class so she could be so that she could go to work in the Philadelphia uh, Naval Yard where her mother worked on ship barriers. Uh, parachutes and in the war room. Many boys in June's high school volunteered for the military, which is what uh, Melvin did instead of waiting to be drafted. Everyone knew someone who had to be who had been killed or wounded. Melvin came back and they had a full and rewarding life together. June says, I was thrilled to work at the Navy Yard at 17 to help the war effort and to help my mother who was then single. I helped the draft paravanes, which were strung out along the sides of the ship to prevent mines from destroying the ship. One day, after working a long time on designing them, I got to see one. I still have some of my drafting equipment. June worked mostly with men who created her, who treated her respectfully, though they sometimes clowned around and teased her. Well, we know how that goes. She, she calls. <laughs> She recalls the officers playing the war game where they moved model ships around, about on a large board to test their tactical skills, eating lunch with the sailors and officers, and the stress on getting back to work and doing it all, doing it well, no matter what was going on in the yard, you know, quote unquote, the yard. June and her mother listened to a radio station that played Bluebird of Happiness every hour and they knew it was time to leave for, for work when it played that song in the morning. Along with working, June volunteered with the Red Cross and became a hostess at the USO. She and Mel, Melvin married in 1947. She worked as a hairdresser, helped Mel, we go, we're calling him Mel now, okay? We helped Mel, is that her, her name she gave him? Uh, her, you know, anyway. Uh, she helped Mel uh, start his business as a store owner became a mother of seven children and joined B'nai birth with women to fulfill the Jewish ideal of repair the world. June lived in Israel with her family for a year and eventually volunteered there on an archaeological dig of Roman artifacts in, in uh, belts in Bachin. Her sons taught her to ride a motorcycle, which was her transportation for several years. Eventually, she became a professional clown after extended training and now goes to veterans hospitals, women's shelter, and other places to lighten their lives. She won first place for her Hungry Hobo skit at the 2013 Mid-Atlantic Clown Association, or MACA, 
uh, Convention in Pennsylvania. She says the key to improve, improvising is to listen. Months after being named in the press as the cutest couple in uh, Marpleton, Newton, Marple Newton, wait a minute, am I saying that right? Marple Newton, uh, having been, they've been married 65 years. You know, I messed that up some kind of way. But anyway, <laughs> June, lost, June lost her beloved Melvin in August 2013. There are seven children, 18 grandchildren, and eight great-grandchildren are devoted and many are nearby. As a social worker with clients over the age of 60 with an area agency on aging her daughter, on, on, uh, on aging, her daughter, Gloria Joff, proudly says to those who say, I'm too old to do anything new, that she knows that she knows an 88-year-old professional clown who found the many things she has tried and has accomplished in her life. If asked what she is produced, uh, proudest of her in her life, June will say her family, but she is also proud of her clowning, getting people to laugh, and of course, what she and other women accomplish in the war effort. She always has a sense of importance of pulling together, just as Rosie the Riveter was known for. Take it away, Anne. <laughs> very, very good. Um... You know, folks, I'm I'm so honored to be here. And and June um, and I had an extremely interesting experience on Labor Day. We always name Labor Day as the day to ring bells for roses, and we ask people around the world to do that. But on Labor Day of this year, and now um, June is now 96. You were 96 September. No, no, no. I'm 97 now. 97 now. Okay, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> you children go too fast. <laughs> anyway, um, at the Chapel of the Four Chaplains, we had a very special event. We had the um, Consulate of the Netherlands, the Consulate of Mexico. And we had numerous um, Girl Scouts. Some were from West Virginia, some were from Philadelphia. We had the grandson of uh, Rosie, who was Armenian and who essentially lived through the Armenian uh, genocide. So we had lots of different people there that we've gotten to know over the years. And it turned out to be a really good um, I think uh, pulling together, I think we're now showing that people of different kinds, ages, um, religious backgrounds, all of that really can pull together and, and are doing it. June um, was, of course, the, the center of attention. And in a few minutes, I'm going to show you some pictures uh, that were taken that day that uh, were taken by a professional. And I think you'll see how really special the feeling was that day. The cooperation, the collaboration, the sense of, um, you know, we can do it because we're doing it was really very strong that day. And I do want to say to you all out there in Los Angeles that probably in the late spring, we'll be coming out there and uh, we're going to be working with at least two consulates and we're hoping to have them on your show before they come out, before we get out there, so that you can meet them before we get there. So, so when, when is that again? 
I don't know. It looks like it's it's probably going to be April, but it could be May. What's uh, interfering? And we, the reason we don't know is we have a grant out to name a schoolroom uh, in May, but we don't know for that grant's going to be accepted. Grant oh, application. Okay. So right. we don't we don't know the schedule yet, but it will be in the spring. Mm -hmm. It could be as early as March. I think maybe that's something we should plan. Okay. And we're, we're looking for a school in um, the Los Angeles area that will want to be a model Rosie the Riveter school. And that would be one of the reasons that we would be coming out to LA. But we want to keep focusing on this group, on your group, Consuela, because, um, you know, veterans are really very, very close to the hearts of all these women. Right. And the main reason when you ask Rosie, why did you go? Uh, the main thing they would say is to bring our boys home. And, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, June, you want to start talking about Philadelphia? In the meantime, I'm going to start pulling up some pictures, okay? Philadelphia, my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Philadelphia, my hometown, cradle of liberty, weary hearts be true, and they welcome you. Known for her loyalty, when Yankee Doodle came to town, he angered right here. Philadelphia, my hometown. <laughs> and oh, that's so from the 1920s. <laughs> oh, how old is June now? Yeah, that's June singing, of course. You know, 96? 97. <laughs> I've been trying desperately to get a mural built uh, painted in Philadelphia. They were still looking for the money to have it done and a building uh, to paint it on. And I will not give up hope. I'm still on that telephone, nagging, nagging, and nagging. You know, I think do I, know how, I know how to nag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're persistent. I'll say that you're. I'm persistent. I'm. Uh, my friends say that I'm persistent. My enemies say I'm mule-headed. But whatever. <laughs> you don't have any. Don't they always leave little blessings. <laughs> they can't hold it against me if I'm nagging. <laughs> Uh, June, uh, I'm going to be showing some pictures. I'm awfully sorry you can't see them. Um, but... think, you know, one of the pictures that really touches my heart when we had the wreath ceremony and had the, the honor of throwing the wreath into the yeah. uh, dry dock number one. Yeah. And I worked right across from that uh, dry dock when I worked at the Navy Yard. And uh, the company that's in the building where, where June worked, um, uh, I have left a message for them because we're going to see if we can't get them to name a, a room or maybe set up some sort of like a, a small museum in the building. And it oh, is, that would be wonderful. it's, it's now a clothing. Building. Go ahead, June, I'm sorry. Yeah, my boyfriend's brother worked on the first floor and I worked on the second floor. I used to come up almost every day really? to check on me. Yeah. To make sure that the 17-year-old was behaving herself. <laughs> until somebody thought maybe he was annoying a 17-year-old. And he was told not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, that building, it was good for me to see the building. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot going on on my end here with uh, different projects and trying to find money for schools and this and that. But um, 
I definitely am um, dogging, if you will, some people in Philadelphia to, to uh, let's find a place that there is no better place than in that building where you already worked and it's at the dock where she worked in the shipyard. You know so, what, I think I'll, I'll really get, get to work on that. Yeah, nothing we, else to do here. <laughs> well, uh, uh, now I'm going to start showing some photos here, June. So I'm um, again. I'm sorry you can't see them, but um, we'll be through them. Uh, okay. So this first one here is um, a bell that has been uh, um, essentially um, designated as a Rosie Riveter bell, and they're going to have that in the. Um, Chapel of the Four Chaplains. The Chapel of the Four Chaplains has a wonderful history. Um, in 1942, the Dorchester, which was not a, a military ship, was hit, and uh, all men aboard were basically thrown into the water or jumped or whatever. They ran out of life. They they ran out of life jackets, and the four uh, chaplains, Jewish, uh, Christian. Um, yeah. Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, and uh, uh, Reformed Dutch. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay, and in Jewish. Okay, and they gave their life jackets, and then the, the, the four chaplains joined arms, and they went down. They they drowned holding arms and singing. So, uh, you know, it's a very, very special place. Um, so um, I'm going to choose the photos that I think our best, I'm going to go down to number seven, which is one that I like especially well. That's a uh, ring a bell for roses. They knew June's uh, birthday was coming up. So this is the birthday cake they had for. And um, the Girl Scouts, of course, helped cut the cake and all that. And that was, um, I don't know, it was just a um, nice beginning, if you will. Lovely. Yeah, it was really. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Are you showing the one where I stuck my son in the cake, which is the tradition in my family? Uh, no, I didn't know that was a tradition. No, <laughs> Only the piece of cake that you're going to eat. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, you, no. so you can be a baby again and suck your thumb, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, and now this picture is a... a, a you know the Bluebird for Rosies is um, a project that the women chose because, um, and June was part of this decision, um, the music played during World War II was very often about uh, bluebirds, and it meant hope. So the Girl Scouts uh, put together this bluebird box with this ribbon, and uh, we donated that, to, or we gave that as a gift to the um, Embassy of the Netherlands. Actually, it was the con uh, Consulate of the Netherlands. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to move down. Um, he was, he was quite pleased to receive that. He says, I just had the perfect spot for that. Yes, that's right. I, I was very surprised because I thought it was going to be in a high rise building. I thought, what in the world will they do with a bluebird house? And he said, I own several acres of land. I'm going to put it there. So, yes. uh, he, here is me giving, uh, Bill Kamer, who's the executive director. Um, the award saying that they are the first model Rosie the Riveter Church in America. So, um, where is in, this at? In, in uh, 
in uh, Philadelphia. Okay. Chapel of the Four Chaplains. And they have uh, the church. Uh, what the? Well, how you? How is the church named after you all? It's it's a chapel of the four chaplains, and those were the chaplains that gave away their um, um, life jackets. Oh, I know how that. How that went. Yeah. Remember the director was on the show last year, right? But now, uh, I was just trying to understand uh, what they named the church. You know, they you said that in the Rosie the River Church, or is it just the official? No, no, no. It's the first model Rosie the Riveter Church. We just gave them award for being the first model Rosie the Riveter Church. It didn't change your name. Oh, it just okay. was an award because they've done so much really wonderful work with us. Right. This, this picture is a one that June just loves. This jacket was made by the Girl Scouts here in Philadelphia. And instead of having a, 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 just a, a person's arm in here, it's a robot arm. It's a little hard to see in this picture. The man there is essentially um, the um, consulate from the Netherlands, uh, who was just thrilled with the whole thing. And then on the left is one of my very best allies. She's a good friend. Uh, this picture is June's, one of June's children. His name is Larry. I oh. really like Larry. For some reason, I related to him very quickly. And uh, so he did the videographer videography without charging us that day. We're now looking for somebody to to help to edit him. Um, this is a group of um, uh, Girl Scouts who um, essentially came from Philadelphia. And um, one of the things we didn't get done because it it you know it was a church and it wasn't <clears throat> excuse me an open room that we didn't get the Girl Scouts from um, West Virginia um, to get a lot of interaction with the Girl Scouts in Philadelphia. So we're, we're working on making sure that it gets better done. Um, hold on. Let's see. I've got numbers here, and I'm trying to follow my numbers. It was so wonderful to see all those Girl Scouts. A oh, delightful group of young women. There's no doubt. No doubt. What a future they're going to have. That is our future. Yeah, I agree. Um, this lady on the left is from the Consulate of Mexico. I was very surprised that um, just before this event, they had an election in Mexico, and now the president of Mexico is a woman. And I tell you, I was shocked at that because wow. you know, usually think of that as a uh, pretty much male-dominated society, but right. um, she she wants to work with us, and um, when we come out there to Los Angeles, Consuela, uh -huh. uh, we, she will appoint somebody to work with us um, with your um, Mexican-American uh, yeah. persons there in, in Philadelphia. She's okay. very, very excited about that. That's uh, great. Yeah, let's see, number 40, I'm trying to read here 32 excuse me um i'm i'm just um is that june uh yep yeah, it's june again you know she was center of attention the lady here in black um is one of my best friends her name's mm -hmm. sandy uh james and uh 
woman that introduced herself to the early on? Um, probably, but, but she traveled with us. Yes. Yes, I met her. Lovely young woman. She's just she's wonderful. Mm -hmm. She's a very very gentle woman, and she has a keen sense of uh, you know humanity and all that. Our uh, church is really important to her, and instead of translating it as um, these are the rules you follow. She just looks at it as, um, you know, this is an opportunity for people of all kinds to get together. Um, here's the Girl Scouts again, I Pledge of Allegiance. Um, do you know that this is absolutely the truth and I'm ashamed to admit this, but all the 18 years I was in Boston and all the meetings I went to, and some of them are very public, uh, nobody did a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Oh, I came wow. back to my home state and I was in a Rotary Club meeting and they stood and did Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and I cried the whole time. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I, I hadn't, you know, it, it had been years since I'd done a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Isn't that just terrible? It's terrible. And uh, I know why, but would you tell the, our audience and uh, why the girls are in these little denim outfits with the little red bandana instead of the uh, Girl Scout uniform. Um, I'm sorry, why do they have the red bandana? Is that what you explain why? That's a symbol of the roses, but tell us. Oh, yeah. Well, um, that's pretty much gotten to be the, the symbol of roses, the red polka dots. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, um, you know, I've, I've asked a lot of Rosies, did you ever have a red polka dot a bandana? And they said, no. <laughs> so uh, now my, um, one of the first Rosies I interviewed said that, um, you know, they would, they didn't have much fabric, you know, through the time and everything was rationed, but yeah. um, they would use old shirts and cut them up and anything. Oh yeah, well that the hair nuts were were absolutely required in some places. It was called a snood. It was called a snood. Yes, that's right. And it was for the back of the back of the hair, not so much the front, which I never did understand. Uh, oh, here this one I really want to share with you. It's this is Marissa Fox. Marissa is was a Girl Scout leader in a small town called Glenville, West Virginia. And she related to this project from the very beginning. We started working together in 2014. She helped uh, plant a dogwood tree before we got on to getting people to plant them in many places. And um, she's now essentially with the state Girl Scout uh, organization rather than to be a troop leader. But, um, she then gave a talk on how the history of Ring a Bell for Roses. And Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah, absolutely. And she's also um, very good. I thought she was um, 